Hello, and welcome to another edition of Solo Encounter, where we just left off with Zizix finding out that Dar knows about multidimensional spooty space magic and has determined that Varney is the key that will destroy the universe. But it still doesn't answer any of the questions regarding what the hell is going on and will they find this new spell. But let's go ahead and go forward with our adventure and see what happens when Zizix finally steps into a church. Will there be combustion? Who knows? Zizix, Varney, and Alton walked down the street heading towards the heading towards the church. They knew for a fact that they weren't going to be stopped because obviously everyone who looked at him went the other direction. Apparently Zizix had gained some sort of notoriety in this town, in this village, and the people who were just normal townsfolk, they didn't want anything to do with him. There were a few figures in the background who looked imposing, who looked like they were ready to get into a fight, but when they came closer, the individuals scattered like leaves in the wind, which allowed them to go from the abandoned house to the church without being molested at all. They walked into the church and stepped into the worship area, only to be visited by a tall, young, blonde woman with a mace in one hand and her shield in the other, ready to strike at a moment's notice. Who goes there, and why do you trespass here, you fiendish fiend of fiends? Zizix looked up at Varney and then at Alton and sighed. This is why I hate coming to church, I guess. I'm here to ask a question. I know you probably don't want me here, but I need to ask a question about multi-dimensional things. The woman lowered her mace but kept her shield close to her as she stared at Zizix for a bit too long, longer than either one of them were comfortable with. And then Zizix snapped her out of it. Can you help me answer this question because this is important and I need to get an answer or else we're all going to have a problem soon. The woman nodded and motioned to the person standing at the vestibule all the way down at the other end of the all the way down at the end of the religious uh, worship area and they walked towards him with the young woman standing behind them ready to strike at a moment's notice. Clearly, this was a place that had not dealt with infidels, but if they did, they were ready. They walked up and caught the eye of Normand. He was a priest in the area, uh, judging by his judging by his garments and the holy artifact of three shoots of wheat uh, on a gold chain. He turned and looked at Varney and looked at Alton and smiled and then looked at Zizix and the smile turned into a slight frown. Ah yes, the local troublemakers. The ones who are trying to cause all sorts of problems here. 
please tell me why exactly you have come into this place of worship. We are merely praying to the gods to make sure that our harvests are plentiful and that our growth is eternal and expansive. And we need to make sure that all of the impurities are cleansed from this village so that way our harvest can be bountiful. And yet I see in front of me an impurity. I see someone who is a smite, a little tick on this particular village. So again, I ask you, why have you profaned this holy place with your presence, goblin? Suzix grunted and forced a smile, feeling the tension in his jaw. I appreciate your kind endorsement of my abilities, but I'm just here to learn something and then leave. If there's anything that I want, I would have taken it a long time ago, but I don't think I'm going to worry about that right now. What I need to ask you is this, since you are such the in-tune masterpiece, the master instrument of your god, tell me what you know about her. And Zizix turned around and thrust his finger at his, at his student. He stared for a moment and waited waited probably a little bit too long norman shook his head and said no i don't know anything of her other than she's a resident of this village and there's nothing special about her whatsoever zizix knew that he was lying could tell even without having to cast the spell so he whipped his whipped his staff around and thumped it as hard as he could against against the podium and said i need you to be honest with me this is important if you are a true god if you worship a true god of good then you want to make sure that you're not lying because if i find out that you're lying there are worse punishments than be senting <laughs> excuse me being sent to your own version of hell now tell me do you know who this person is I know who she is. Then why is everyone afraid of teaching her magic? That's because she is the daughter and the lifeblood of one of the most powerful mages in this land. And long, long ago, he turned to the dark side. He wielded magic much like yours, and he ruled over the mages and the wizards and the sorcerers of this land with an iron fist, and it wasn't until his death that he disappeared and allowed the rest of them to live freely, or so we believe. And now, with his lineage contained in her and the curse that she has on her body, that we are shepherds for her, that we have to maintain her innocence and her purity, because if she learns magic, then she will turn out just like her father, and she will be an instrument not only of pain and death, but she will destroy everything that we have. 
It has been foretold by all of the gods in our pantheon, not just mine. That we have to keep an eye open for her, or else she will be the linchpin in the downfall of everything. Sizzix nodded and looked at Varney and said, See, this is why you don't learn magic, and this is why you're a terrible negotiator. People can read you like you're an open book. Let's see what we can do to get this over and done with. He turned back to Normand and said, All right, so I'm going to ask you just one more question, and then I will leave. How can I find the wizard's tower here? Normand refused to answer. He stared at him, almost like staring through him, and his young assistant stepped forward in between them both, trying to make sure that not only Norman was protected, but that she could dispense justice as needed in this holy place. But Norman stopped her and said, No, Laura, this is, this is not what we need. This is a holy place. We don't fight in a holy place. I will tell you this. There is a way to get to the place. I don't know where it is, and even if I knew where it was, I wouldn't tell you, because that's unleashing an unholy torrent. Instead, I would think this. There is a reason why the mages here are protective, not only of Varney, but of the area in itself. Think about what would happen if you were to focus on one item on one object, much like my followers and my beloved focus on the sheaths of wheat that we worship and that we follow, eventually the harvest comes and eventually the harvest grows and it becomes more and more bountiful and pleasure. Can you imagine what would happen if you had magic and you concentrated on one thing? Do you think that you can find it? Let me put it this way. The human mind is an amazing thing, and when it has a goal and it has a focus, it can move towards it. But what if it were aided by something magical? And what if you could find that thing with a mere snap of your fingers? I think it's time that you go ask Dar what exactly he did in order to find his forgotten home. Zizix grunted and shook his head. Well, Dar and I had an interesting conversation where he was openly hostile to both of us while assuring that he would kill us if we actually taught her magic, so I can't honestly say that I can go talk to Dar about it, but... You gave me a good, good idea. I appreciate that, Preacher Man. You're far, far more intelligent than your wheat allows you to see. Laura stepped forward and growled, lifting the mace over her head, ready to strike. But Normand chided her. No, we don't do that here. We don't do that on holy ground. We are better than the forces of evil that antagonize us. Remember that these three are lost causes that are forever turned against the gods and forever banished from being saved. There is no religion that would save them. There was no religion that would salvage them. 
Zizix nodded and said, yes, you're right. There is no religion that would save me, because I don't need your religion to save me. I have my own religion, and I have my own path. And as far as my companions go, I think they're pretty well-versed now in how this town really feels about them, and how they're going to move going forward, because I can assure you that you're not doing a great job doing this on your own right now. Norman blushed, and Laura growled at them both, but Zizix turned and motioned for the two, his two followers to follow him. Come on, we've got one more thing that we have to do, and I need someone's special skills in order to do that. So let's make sure that we get the best of this before it gets to be too late. They walked outside of the church, watching as other people stared on in just awe and shock wondering why exactly the goblin hadn't burst into flames, why exactly nothing happened to the evil figure that was in their presence. Zizix shook his head and understood where they were coming from because most half-breeds and half-wits that were in villages like this believed in some pretty extreme things. They were backwater, to say the least. Again, he questioned why exactly he came here in the first place, because there was no reason for him to show up here except to find this spell, but now five days in, and it's way, way too much effort. Way too much effort. As soon as he left, a scream came from within the church, and Laura ran out, running past Zizix and Varney and Alton, and yelling at the crowd to disperse, to leave. This particular thing had brought an evil presence with it, and now Normand was dead. Varney took a step back and stared, stared at Zizix, and Zizix looked at her quizzically. I didn't bring anything with me. No one was here. It was just us three, and I assure you, I just wanted to ask the question and leave. Varney turned to Alton and nodded. I, I believe him. I, I believe that this is the case, but what happened? Laura had none of it as she stepped forward and pressed the mace against Zizek's chest. You will die here now quite simply because you have profaned this place with your unholiness and you have brought a terrible disaster to us all. Do you know how difficult it is to try to get the crops to grow around here? Do you understand how difficult it is to keep the faith and you let one of the biggest, one of the best people in this village die? I will smite you here and now. Zizix smiled, snapped his fingers, and all of a sudden, Laura became very, very calm. Very, very still. She lowered her mace and stared almost vacantly out above them into the distance. And then, we are going to leave, and you are going to stay here and become the new leader of this church. You are going to clean up, and you are going to take over. I don't want anything to do with you, and whenever you see me, you do not see me. 
you see someone who you accept you see you see someone who you love and you see someone who is ready to help you at a moment's notice this is what i want and this is what i declare so says zizix and he snapped his finger again causing her to go out of her trance the anger and the frustration slowly was replaced with understanding as she looked at Zizix and said, Ah, there you are, my old friend. Come, I need your help. Something happened with, with Norman, and, and, and we need to figure out what happened. We need to get to the bottom of it. Zizix turned to Varney, who stared at him, slackjaw, and he nodded, saying, Yes, this is exactly what being a magician, a sorcerer, a wizard, whatever you want to call me, this is what it's all about. It's a little bit of power, but you can see that I'm not trying to abuse anyone. I think that's the problem, is that they're so afraid of you that they won't teach you anything because they're afraid that you'll abuse it. I might be a goblin, and I might come from an evil kind, but I am not evil myself. You can try all you want, but I'm always going to see things the way that I see things. Come, let's help our friend Laura and see what exactly is going on. The vestibule was a mess. It was blood and parts everywhere. The, the head was over in one area of the altar, and the legs were strewn with body parts and limbs and internal organs just stretched as far as what they could see. Zizix motioned for them to go find the pieces and walked down the aisle where the carnage had been, casting detect magic in the area. Not the holy magic, but something a little bit more profane, something a little bit more attuned to his skills. And almost instantaneously, necromancy was abound. And he smiled and nodded and said, I had expected as much. This ghost king is definitely not a ghost, and he's definitely not a king. In fact, he's probably some sort of rogue who is trying to prove his power by using some of that dark, dark sorcery in order to get what he wants. And he came here for a reason. He knew we were going to be asking a question. I wonder, I wonder what this was all about. As he walked past the head, and as Laura scooped the head off of the, off of the body, or off of the floor, Zizix walked up to the altar and saw something. It was a brass stone combination of a small little figurine. It stood out amongst all the other holy artifacts and whatnot in the building. And Zizek stood there for a moment and wondered and thought, what exactly was this doing here? He motioned for Laura, who put the head down in, in the area that Zizek pointed out and said, what is this? Laura walked up and looked at it for a moment and stared and said, I don't know what that is. I haven't seen that before. I don't even know if that's something that's a holy artifact. She went to go touch it, 
but she couldn't for some reason. Her hand quaked and quivered around it and then pulled away. I, th- I think I think that's something that's protected by magic. I can't touch it, and I can't imagine Normand would have touched that either. I, I don't... I don't know what happened here. What is this? And Zizix nodded and understood what was going on. The question was answered. It was just not answered in the way that he had anticipated. He motioned for Varney to come up and take a look at the figurine. What does that look like to you? Varney took a look at it and stared. Stared for far too long. Stared for far too long that it made Zizix uncomfortable. Wondering whether or not she was actually just playing him for a fool. Or if she truly didn't know what exactly this was. He grunted and picked up his staff and thumped it on her foot for a moment to snap her out of the trance. But this was no joke. She didn't respond. She was still consumed by that magical item. She was still consumed by this figurine, which made Zizix know even further that this was the thing that they were looking for. For some reason, the church had a portal, had a gateway, had a gate stone, and with that, Zizix pulled Varney away and broke the line of contact between, sight contact between her and the statue. A few moments later, Varney came back to normal and wondered where she was. She was completely out of it, almost if she had lost a few days worth of time. What happened here? Why, why are we here? What? Oh my god! As she saw the dead body composed together, stretched together just enough to form what was once Normand. Zizix motioned for her to go to the body. He turned and took a look at the statue and attempted to grab it. And as he grabbed it, his hand was pushed back. A slight burning, tingling sensation happened, but nothing else. It was as if it were stuck there, as if it were ready for something. And so Zizix casted Detect Magic on it one more time, and couldn't determine or discern what type of magic it was. It was extremely powerful and extremely magical, but it was almost as if it were covered, coated in some sort of deflection agent or repellent that caused his magic to not function uh, properly. But he knew what it was. He knew what this had to be. So he stared at it for a little bit longer and tried to take in all of the detail that he could. And as he did, he felt the magic kind of break down a little bit around the stone, break down enough that he tried to grab it one more time, and it allowed him to pick it up. And as he threw it into his bag, he felt the magic pop back in, almost as if it had accepted him, as if it had accepted him for being the creature that he was, which was another interesting turn of events, because this sight stone, this sigil stone, this travel stone, was attuned to magic users, and because it was attuned to magic users, it allowed them to get to one spot, one place, relatively easy. And Zizix knew that this place 
was to be the tower. There was no other explanation to have a travel stone, a sigil stone like this, except to grant entrance to where exactly they needed to go. But he wasn't quite ready to go there yet. He walked over to the pile of body parts and looked at the figure and snapped his fingers. And with that, dark energy flowed from him into the figure and stretched out like a thin tendrils of smoke uh, hissing and crackling as it went through the entire body. Eventually, the eyes opened up Norman's head and it stared at him. And he tried to mouth the words, but no sounds were coming out from his body since it was detached from the rest of his body. Zizek shook his head and put his hand over Norman's face and said, No, I just need to ask one question, and then I will let you go on to your god. This will not, uh, this will not force you to be in your own hell. This is merely for me to ask you a question. Your god shall not punish you for this. I know of many gods, and those who are forced to do things against their will are never punished. This stone, this stone is the way to get to the tower, but I need to know, was there one more thing that you were holding back on me? Who else knew about this stone? And Norman blinked and spoke, and his final words were for a name that he had never heard, except for once, as a name passed along in the book inside of Alfred's abandoned home. It was the same as the person who was responsible as an apprentice for this tyrant king, this tyrant wizard king. And he was also responsible for many of the issues in all of the multidimensional areas. Zizix nodded, understood what he said, and snapped his finger once more, allowing Normand to have a final rest. He turned to turned to his friends and said, I think it's time that we visit one more spot, but I have an idea as to what's happened, and I have an idea as to why it's happened, and we have to prepare. We have to be ready for the worst, because this wizard king isn't dead. This wizard king is just like me, just a more advanced version of me, and this ghost king this ghost king is not a ghost, but something different, and this is going to be interesting to say the least. So, turn to Laura. Laura, please clean up the mess and tend to your flock. Make sure that no one gets in our way. Proselytize to everyone that we are here on a holy journey to make sure that the crops grow sent from your god. Do you understand? Laura nodded and then handed over a holy artifact to Zizix. Take this. They'll know. When they see it, they'll know that you're one of ours. And they won't harass you because anyone who is unholy can never handle this artifact. 
Zizix took it and felt the burning in his hands, but bit into his tongue just so that way this moment wouldn't have lost its effect. He quickly tossed it into the bag and clasped it as he heard the magical energies between the artifact, the sigil stone, and the pendant snap and crack against each other, almost as if they were fighting inside of his bag. He groaned and wondered why exactly he was in this spot in the first place, and yet again, he was going to have to get involved in human affairs, and yet again, he was going to have to solve something that humans were too dumb to actually accomplish, because yet again, Zizix was the smartest goblin on the entire planet. And with that, Zizix motioned for Varney and for Alton to follow, because it was time that they visited Dar once more and get one more question answered. At least this time around, people were willing to answer his questions. Right? <laughs>